This is Ask an Educator. Welcome to Ask an Educator. I'm Hashim Pipkin, and in this episode, I chat with Anika Stewart, a special education reading teacher at West Education Campus in Washington, D.C. Take a listen and discover how the executive functioning micro-credential helped her deepen her engagement with students who are dealing with various stressors outside school. Here we go. Hello. Hey, Anika. Yes. Hey, it's Hashim. Hi. Can, uh, can you still chat? I can. All right, we just start. So walk me through your motivations for for teaching, for continuing to get up every day and provide the best possible experience for your students? Um, I would say my biggest motivator is just wanting my students to be successful within my classroom as well as beyond the doors of my classroom. Um, You know, I've been teaching a number of years now, and it's just amazing to see um, the opportunities that unfortunately pass as so many students by, especially the students that I most often work with, students from low-income um, families, students who have, you know, IEPs, and just the amount of opportunities that pass them by, I find really frustrating. So my motivation is making sure that all students um, are successful and, and, you know, have the same chance. Like, I, you know, I'm looking for uh, equity. Absolutely. Um, so walk me through a, uh, kind of the lay of the land of your of your classroom. Kind of um, what a visitor would see, would be able to witness if they were to walk into your classroom. What conversations would be here, students having with each other? What would some of your priorities be? What does success look like, right? Just walk me through a typical classroom day of yours. Uh, well, you're definitely going to hear us discussing uh, literature. Um, we are constantly reading or writing about what we've read or discussing what we've read or written about what we've read. So um, a visitor coming into any of my, my classes will, will definitely learn something about what we've read. Um, and because I work with multiple grade levels, um, you know, you at any given moment, we're discussing multiple novels. So my students come in, we sort of review um, make some connections to what's happening in that particular text to our own lives. We may discuss some some things that are happening in the real world and connect them to what it is that we're reading. And then we sort of just kind of dive in to our literature. Um, you know, we're critically thinking about what we're reading. We're having discussions. Students are challenging each other. Students might be asking questions of me. Um, and that's sort of uh, how we run the classroom. It's definitely a a space of, of mutual respect, um, and we highly, highly value learning. So, you know, we don't goof off. We have fun, but we're serious, serious learners. And to that point, um, you are, you provide specialized instruction to students. Um, what, what are some of the unique priorities and kind of instructional commitments you have to carry with you to deliver that really personalized catered uh, learning experience for students, say, who need, with unique learning needs? Um, I would say uh, that's kind of twofold. It's sort of, you know, wanting to focus on the whole child because students come in and, you know, they may be upset. They may be dealing with a crisis. And so it's it's about getting them 
one, to enter the classroom and know that, you know, it's a clean slate. And I, just like them, want them to be successful. I want them to feel good about school. I want them to be comfortable in my classroom. Um, So the biggest thing is, like, making sure students are able to do that, that they are capable of sitting in my classroom and, and, you know, participating fully in the work that we're going to do. Um, and sometimes that might mean that we need to have a pep talk outside. That might mean they need to go get drink water. That might mean we need to do some deep breathing exercises. Um, that that could look like many different things. Um, additionally, once we are diving in sort of into, you know, our standards-based instruction, um, there's a lot of scaffolding that needs to take place, you know, and I would say just me remaining patient and calm and and students sort of seeing that and me being a mirror for them, you know, me kind of setting the tone for what that looks like, because sometimes we are dealing with very difficult texts. Sometimes my students aren't used to um, doing work on grade level because, you know, previous instructors may not have, have made them do grade level work, and we are grappling with grade level text. Um, so while I am making modifications and I am scaffolding what that might look like, we're doing the same books that their general education peers are doing. And so I think that that is exciting and frustrating to them all at the same time. And so just letting them know, hey, I am partnering with you in this work. Um, You are capable of doing this. Um, Our process just might look a little different. Yeah. Um, And especially with kind of the unique learning needs of those students, it's it's kind of a lot of um, parties to juggle at once, Um, especially when you're trying to, you know, teach to the whole child and still be super conscious of their kind of cognitive needs. Um, It's a lot to take in. And considering that, how busy you are trying to deliver that type of experience for your students, how has professional learning been able to fit in? And by professional learning, I'm really uh, looking for embedded professional learning, right? The kind that you really can see applied in your classroom. How have you been able to get that... um, get that void, get that gap filled as you go through your day-to-day as an educator? Well, um, definitely I'm always seeking out opportunities for additional professional learning, always. Um, I would say, you know, finding different online modules to participate in. I'm, I'm always trying to get creative about how to, you know, bring special education and maybe art or meditation, yoga, sort of how to fuse those things so that students are successful. So that, you know, like I said, we're trying to teach the whole child, right? So I want kids to feel comfortable, um, but we also, we are juggling a lot of different cognitive needs. And so um, I'm thinking of one particular student who it's very, very difficult for her to access the work that we're doing. And so our day-to-day looks really different juggling her and then the four other students who, who are able to, to sort of access grade level curriculum and just getting really creative about what that might look like. And so um, I'm, I'm constantly seeking out what sort of cool and innovative things I could do. And I would say online opportunities are always uh, preferable for that. You know, the, the district is, um, I would say, trying to get more creative about those things, but I'm not always able to participate in those opportunities or find them, so I'm I'm finding that I'm looking elsewhere. And to that point, what what gap or what role do you see micro credentials um, 
or did you initially see micro credentials playing and being able to say, make sure you're you're incorporating innovative, you know, techniques and best practices in your classroom? How did you see micro credentials kind of filling that gap? Um, well, definitely the fact that I'm able to do them at my own pace, um, and I'm able to actually network with other professionals who wanted to learn at their own pace, and you know, and you know, doing the executive functioning micro-credential actually led to me um, meeting some other people who had also um, participated in, in micro-credentials. And, and, and then I started another micro-credential on foundational reading skills. And so I would have never learned about that had I not done the executive functioning micro-credential, which, you know, really confirmed a lot of what I already knew, but also um, brought to the forefront some other practices that I might want to engage in. For example, Infusing yoga, um, infusing yoga into my classroom, um, and so that's something that I'm continuing to explore and get creative with. And and through that, I met someone else who suggested that I participate in a program called Breathe for Change, and I actually won a scholarship to get my yoga teacher certification. Um, and so I would say that's definitely something that came about all because of me participating in the executive functioning micro credential. Um, so I would say it opened up other doors for me to continue um, this path of professional learning at my own pace. Um, and it also helped me kind of build a network of other um, educators who want to participate and continue learning at their own pace, you know, who are also constantly trying to be creative and innovative um, in their classrooms. And what did the executive functioning micro-credential, what skills did it um, help you to hone um, and you, you kind of preempted this by saying, you know, you, it confirmed what you already knew, but what were some of the major takeaways you were able to walk, walk away with from earning the executive functioning micro-credential? Um, definitely um, just what the, the picture of a student who um, struggles with executive functioning, what that's going to look like, how that will present in the classroom, um, you know, things like this student will often be impulsive. This student will often uh, struggle with short-term memory or working memory. This student um, thinks in extremes. This student is highly disorganized. And, you know, how to assist students with those. Because you're going to have students who are coming to you and sometimes they're dealing with one or more of these issues. Um, and not to say that this paints a complete picture of what executive functioning um you know, what those issues might look like, um, but definitely reminded me of some of the tall tale uh, signs of a learner who suffers with executive functioning or has executive functioning gaps. Um, and so how to support those learners, some um, creative ways to assist in that. And that kind of led me to look into yoga and meditation as a way to support students who um, have executive functioning deficits. And looking forward, you know, as you continue your earning process for the foundations in reading micro-credential, um, what are some of the biggest hopes you have for um, your micro-credential journey and continuing in it? Um, just that I'm able to see a benefit um, of my professional learning um, in my classroom. You know, I'm I'm working with um, two kindergarten students and, you know, I thought it would be a good idea to brush up on some foundational reading skills. Um, although I feel like I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with phonics and phonological awareness, uh, phonemic awareness and, and how to best support struggling learners in that. 
but it's always good to brush up on those skills. And I hope to see outcomes with my students. You know, I have a student who um, isn't quite able to to hear um, those initial sounds in uh, CVC words. And so, you know, going through some of the um, the tasks in the foundational reading skills, um, it's a MOOC ed, um, going through some of those tasks, it just um, made me get more creative and, and look for resources to assist her um, in those, those processes, like, you know, isolating beginning sounds, right. um, how to be more tactile in our approach so that she can manipulate something while hearing the sound so that she's, you know, able to identify the correct um, initial sound. And I hadn't done that in a while. It's been a while since I worked with, with um, that age group. So um, I'm definitely thankful and hopeful um, about participating in the foundational um, reading skills MOOCAD so that I'm, again, able to kind of sharpen that saw. And the benefit um, of it, the, the benefit of the format of micro-credentials uh, is that you see immediate application in your actual classroom practice, right? Like you can, the next day, incorporate those strategies for, uh, you know, sound recognition for that student immediately after kind of exploring the research and resources. And um, I think that's oh, really yeah. the uh, like huge lever for micro-credentials that people don't have to just sit on content, um, PD content. They can actually incorporate it into their, their classroom immediately, um, which is just great to see. Absolutely. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly, you know, and there are, there are videos in there so that you see um, other instructors who are masters at their craft sort of implementing these um, evidence-based practices. Um, and, you know, there's a whole community of, of other learners and you're able to, to, to read about how this looked in their classroom and think about how you can apply it in your classroom. And there's a lot of reflection. It's really cool. Awesome to hear. Um, that's it for me. Awesome. I'm excited. Thanks, Hashim. No problem. And, um, Thanks again for taking time to chat. All right. right. No problem. All right, Hashim. Take care. Take care. Thanks so much for joining us on Ask an Educator. See you next time.